Hello, uh, Dr. Tasleem. Thanks a lot for joining the Middle Row. Uh, very warm welcome. Pleasure. Absolutely a pleasure to be here. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Tasleem, you are heading uh, the Center for Cellular and Molecular Platforms. It's a major biotech incubator for deep science, as I understand. It's, it's I'm not say only a leading incubator in India. It's one of the leading incubators in Asia. Uh, you have done a fantastic job. Uh, you are also one of the few global accelerators outside North America and Europe for Carbex, especially in AMR, which is uh, antimicrobial resistance. Now, that's something fantastic you've done. You've done your PhD from uh, Max Planck Institute of Brain Research, Germany, especially in neuroscience. Indeed, yeah. and, and, and that is uh, one of the really keen topics which I need to talk about. Sure. You also worked in the US. You are in the University of California, San Francisco. Yeah. So, Dr. Tasleem, you know, you're at, uh, you're a major player in the startup industry in India. You're one of the identified incubators for Atal Innovation Center. Now, what made you come into this line? How, what was the journey? What was your dream when you came in? What was the vision when you came into this sector? So, and thank you for your kind words about CCAM. Um, CCAM, which was uh, set up uh, in 2009 and 10 with a phenomenal support and conviction by Department of Biotechnology Government India to be an enabler, a catalyst for cutting edge research and deep science innovations across India for life sciences. And it was a very interesting but experimental model because till then there haven't been places which actually, you know, have a, a mandate of being an enabler and catalyst for something like that. If I may use the analogy, uh, it's like being on a soccer field, but not necessarily uh, play the role of a striker, which gets all the, the visibility. Rather, the role is more of a midfield player who actually enables the positioning of the, the soccer ball, which allows uh, the, the striker to actually finally hit the goal, which is absolutely great. Uh, but in an ecosystem, you require different capabilities and an enabler capability is very crucial because just like as a catalyst, uh, catalyst can actually take whatever is available and make multiple out of it because of its dedicated catalytic activity. In science, we talk about that all the time. So CCAM was actually built uh, on that vision. Now, when you look at it, uh, this uh, was a very interesting model. but Largely, it began with the process of, you know, you know, enabling aspect of research where you take high-end technology platforms like microscopy, flow cytometry, genomics, structural biology. But around 2012-13, we actually realized that uh, while there's a lot of excitement of building new innovations, there haven't been innovation hubs which can actually provide uh, an integrated scientific guidance and business guidance together in a real deep manner for bio or life scientists or agri scientists to build their ventures. And around 1213, we actually began that journey, uh, uh, what I call it as, you know, the beginning of CCAM 2.0 to actually take it to the next level. And it coincided with one of the very successful scheme or funding scheme from BIRAC in Delhi uh, that is called Big Biotech Ignition Grant. And I think 
what we look back, it has been phenomenal journey in last seven years where now we have around not only 150 startups of our own under our portfolio. Very important aspect of that is that they're all science-driven innovative startups. They are not service startups. And that's a very important aspect, right? Because many times we have seen that happen. So we have a phenomenal portfolio and this is across India, as we call it, we have now footprint across India through our innovations which are there. Our scale has gone beyond uh, and well beyond what we started. Yeah, this you, you know you talked about what you are doing. I also interviewed uh, Dr. V. Premnath right. and understand how Bayrak is coming in. But you know, you also have a you know a fantastic venture with uh, with the Japanese uh, venture, which we call it Beyond Next Ventures. Correct. And recently, Indian government and Japanese government are called into a, a understanding they are going to be putting in $115 million to uh, kickstart about 100 startups. Correct. And uh, you are one of the incubators which has been identified. Correct. Could, would you like to speak of this initiative? Surely. No, absolutely. We'll be very delighted. So, uh, as we grew, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, building innovative startups, we realized that the startups which are risky in nature require funding, which is, which has a risk appetite, right? Which is a crucial aspect as we go forward. While government schemes allow them to build proof of concept, to scale up and take those risky innovative technologies to the next level, they require funding. And for that, we have begun partnerships with national and international funds who are looking to you know, put money in areas like biotech agri, which are otherwise a risky long gestation area. But they say that we do not have the deep understanding of that area. So what we have done is that now we have collaborated with them where they come as an investment partner, we go as a knowledge partner, and we set up a virtual fund, which allows, uh, you know, deep science funding at a higher level. So collaboration with Japanese VC firm called uh, beyond next venture has actually exactly we achieved that where they have br brought in five million dollar for CCAM startups. What we under a virtual entity, what we call it as CBIH, that is CCAM Beyond Next Venture Innovation Hub, which is for next two years we will fund five million dollars at seed fund level, and BNV, that is Beyond Next Venture, can even fund more than that as a follow-on funding to the startups. We are about to get two more such collaborations outcome of that. And I think this provides phenomenal opportunity for international funders who do not have local presence, but through the know-how partners like CCAMP, who has the bandwidth, who has the know-how, they can do, they can move in quickly with good knowledge rather than doing, you know, reinventing the wheel themselves. And with Japan, as you rightly said, there is a lot of interest that is happening in Japan and we are delighted we have done one good collaboration and we might be able to do a few more which at the end of the day will actually support Indian innovative startups to get the risk appetite based funding which is an important thing yeah thanks I mean uh, in just to be here you know a bit more clear yeah. now this is a seed fund so there are two types of funding one you get from the government which is about 50 lakhs all right right and uh, for which you don't have to give any equity correct but for this seed funding, yeah. let, let's say if you want to put about 100,000 uh, USD, yeah. uh, what sort of equity uh, stake are we looking at? Indeed. Indeed. So the, what we are looking at is that the funding will be around $300,000. 
Okay, that's a minimum size. That's okay. Minimum size. Like three hundred thousand is a bucket, bucket. Uh, the size that we are looking at, which is significant in terms of Indian context, in terms of oh, you know, early seed funding, okay. at least, yeah, right? Absolutely. But beyond which you can go for a higher funding okay. and so on, and it will be based on the valuation of company at that time. So let's say if one is taking three hundred thousand at a valuation of two million dollars, you will end up giving according to percentage or the five oh, percentage of the percentage okay. of the equity. equity. And that allows uh, you, you, uh, a, a fund to assess the valuation of a company accordingly, and at the same time, the bracket of the three hundred thousands as of today would be around two two point one crore, two point two crores. Nobody, there are not many funders for risky ideas in India right, right now, now at yeah. that frequency. Yeah. You do not hear biotech startups getting funded, you know, on every month basis even. And so that is a very important thing for them that they are getting funded rather than going out and getting funding from US and so on. Right here, a Japanese fund has come here through CCAM and give them funding where they are. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic initiative. Very correct. You know, Japan is like taking a lot of leads in sustainable investing. It's Indeed. doing a lot of things in uh, you know sustainable space, and uh, it's going to give a tech transfer. You get access also to the markets in correct. Japan. Uh, exactly. This is just right at home. So. You know, you have uh, you've been at the forefront of uh, biotechnology. You know, now you have about like like you said, you're connected with about thousand startups. You have seventy five plus patents. Created that sort of motivation in you to one start something like an incubator, and that is sort of an inventive streak in you which helped you motivate and guide right now uh, to the level which it's gone to. So I think CCAMs. Efforts which are in different verticals, which includes entrepreneurship and incubation vertical as well, I think has largely due to guidance that we get not only possibly me but a lot of colleagues which are there who bring in phenomenal expertise based because we have a lot of colleagues who are PhDs yeah. who have the scientific temperament, uh, where we have a lot of other people from different funding agencies who are funding us. So DBT has funded us by that. Niti Aayog AIMS funding us, and the Ministry of Electronics and IT MIT is funding us. MSME is funding us. Uh, Government of Karnataka is funded very, very phenomenally as well. I think guidance formation of our own understanding, where we think that India at this point of time requires innovation hubs, innovation platforms, where smart ideas, deep science ideas can be supported. You need. Uh, a place where you can go and talk deep science for innovation, and you need a place where people will be able to respond and reciprocate in terms of scientific language for innovation, and that has been a large missing, you know, uh, piece of the puzzle to innovate. Right? You require that culture, and luckily, CCAM sits right in bang in the middle of Bangalore Life Science Cluster, which has National Center for Biological Sciences. Stencil Institute and CCAM together we form uh, Bangalore Life Science Cluster, which provides this environment, which has phenomenal expertise in terms of scientific expertise for now many years, and this is top-notch place to do any kind of science. And then if you build an innovation capabilities to that, it just adds to the larger outcome that we are all looking for. So 
Just, uh, you know, you rightly mentioned about biotech center. Now, Bangalore, I do presume a biotech center in India. And you have like global centers in America, you have Oxford and Cambridge, which has come up so good in, in, in Europe. Now, what do you think could be, for example, you have got a lot of support from the government. Do you think a lot of support should come from the corporate sector? That's where the action should be more happening. I mean, of course, uh, uh, corporate social responsibilities funding would now come into startups. Maybe it's not come up the way it should be. But uh, do you think it's like maybe the buy-in should be more from the corporate side now in this space? Yeah, I think I, I think that's something that I think is slowly happening and should happen more. The reason that we require that is that I think, you know, an effort to uh, build long-term disruptive innovation from India would require a, a much more support than government support. And, and the sustainability of such efforts would depend on what from which quarters you actually get support. So if you see internationally in Europe, in other places, corporates actually support innovation hubs like CCAM significantly. They actually set up those and so on. I'm sure those would things, those things would happen in India, but actually it has, it is slowly happening. It needs to kick a bit more because, you know, places like CCAM, which are dedicated for scientific you know, innovations uh, require a little bit more than otherwise other places in terms of infrastructure, in terms of the risk that they can take with the funds and so on. And 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 they can they need to become what one would call it as a center of excellence, which are top notch. The the centers have to become a hub that these are the two places in India that you can go and build your scientific innovation and to go to that scale you will require that level of support as well so i think i do hope and i'm sure it will happen that corporates take a step to promote those innovation hubs at a higher scale so that what we want all of us in india to build long-term disruptive innovations for societal impact from india for india and beyond can come otherwise we will not be able to achieve that goal that easily and what do you think could be enablers here, policy enablers, which like really gets a lot of people in the corporate sector going? And you think something would be done there, uh, some sort of subsidy uh, initiative, which could? Yeah. So in, in general, I would say that, you know, it always helps to actually look at the current status and how you can boost the, the broad, you know, economic uh, you know, advancements for startups and so on. Of course, those policies are going to be very, very important. One thing that for sure is going to be required is that how can you attract, uh, you know, kind of pre-series A, series A level investment in innovations. Uh, in absence of a good presence of those investors, a lot of our innovators innovations that we are supporting ourselves and which are you know absolutely rock stars across the world have to look at other geographies who have the investors but they are more comfortable having those companies being situated there than in India for company laws and other aspects. So we are what we are looking at is that we are looking at kind of a, a loss of innovations which were built here but then will be scaled up somewhere else. Yeah. And that is something that government, I'm sure, is considering. I do know of that they are considering. But I think we need, we need to act fast 
to actually intervene and ensure that those investors come in with a risk appetite uh, and whatever policies required to build that should be done to do, you know, that is going to be a crucial aspect for the next five years because very good work has been done to initiate and build early stage innovations. To be able to take them further require different level of funding, which government cannot come up with, but the policy can possibly help bring in from the perspective. Yeah, this is a good point. I mean, we had, I had a discussion with uh, Mr. Manoj Kumar from Social Alpha and we were mm-hmm. discussing how patient capital is going to evolve in India. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think that's going to be uh, one of the uh, you know major enablers, like you correctly said. Now, I want to talk about one of your uh, you know, world-class initiatives, which mm-hmm. we are, you have a tie-up with uh, C uh, Carbix, which is, and you are the only global accelerator in the program outside uh, North, North America and Europe. Europe, correct. And you are also a leader for, basically for AMR, which is anti-microbial resistance. Mm. Now, you're a leader in that segment by, by far in India from whatever I know, from the innovation you're doing it. How did you achieve such a milestone? I mean, it's, it's a very coveted achievement, you know, be, to be the only incubator mm. outside, you know, that defines your expertise mm. in that uh, no, space. For, I think uh, we are doing our best not necessarily to lead or something, but of course our efforts are at scale that are possibly not matched in India, in AMR. The reason being that I think we realize that issues like AMR, there are others as well that I'll mention in a minute, but antimicrobial resistance, AMR is a kind of a global threat in terms of uh, health of entire human you know, beings around. Uh, it has the capacity to wipe out nations, every small nations every year. The, there is a number that goes that around, it could actually lead to around 10 million deaths per year by 2050. And that is a huge number. Think of it as the one particular cause can actually lead to that. Understanding that and more so in India, it is much bigger because of many reasons like uncontrolled use of antibiotics for humans, for agri, for poultry, for animal husbandry, uh, you know, the release of pharmaceutical ingredients in rivers, lakes, many other things. Possibly without a doubt, we do not even know what kind of ticking bomb we are sitting on. And so AMR is actually a huge issue, uh, according to us. And I think we need to build solutions for our own problems. We cannot wait for the world to come and help us. And for that, you require somebody, people, community to come forward and build initiatives which can support those innovations. So we think these are nationally important, you know, sectors that we think requires innovation and we will build that. So AMR, that's why our efforts are huge in AMR. We, 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 we are looking to build innovations for prevention of it. We are looking for innovations for early diagnosis. We are looking to build innovations for therapeutics purposes of that. And it requires much more than that. But that's why we actually uh, made a dedicated effort to build an AMR vertical. Similarly, we realize there are issues in agri. Agri people are not seeing a lot of innovations and there are farmers who are still struggling and you know about the issue. So we have now dedicated effort there. We are adding two more uh, this year. But the reason that we are doing it is that I think innovation hubs like also need to be, uh, you know, understand 
that where are the needs for innovation, where does society need, right? And if once you have that, you know, feel of it, once you understand it, and it's not, uh, you know, a raw but you know, well researched understanding of where things are, I think they can play a role of a, a guide, a nurture for innovations to be linked towards that, where you can build problem statements, where you can build issues and help best minds to see that if they can address those issues. I clearly believe that the problems in India which are local require indigenous innovations and solutions more than any day before. And we have the capability to do that. What requires is a, a, a kind of different stakeholders to play the role very strongly to be able to guide that. And I think that's where we have picked areas like AMR and agree while we are agnostic within life sciences. You, you talked about you know you're getting funding from us and you worked in a very collaborative model. Hmm. So you have industry experts, you said a lot of people could PhDs. So would you like to throw one how you have evolved as a business model? You got have you also got streams although you are a non-profit, I'm sure you have your own cash flows going in where you could be you know sustainable even without any grants. One and secondly, how are you uh, uh, getting the other collaborative, you know, subject matter experts? What do you look for in them when you want to bring them on board uh, with you at the venture? Yeah, no. So I would say that two points uh, to that is that uh, in terms of we strongly believe that while we are, you know, calling for best minds, deep science ideas to address biggest problems around us. We want to be a hub where they can be nurtured, but not only by us, but by many other people. We clearly believe that we do not have all the expertise in the world. We do not want to build. It's impossible to build all the expertise in the hub. But we have actually ensured that there are core capabilities, expertise, scientific understanding of different kind. Management is at some level built in, which anchors other experts from academia, from industry, from business, from regulatory to come and actually help those innovations further. So we, we have people who can who, who are CCAM colleagues who, who anchor those things and get more people from outside to build that. So that's a hub and spoke model of a kind, if I may say so. In terms of the sustainability, it's a difficult question to build in. I, as an individual, look at it differently. I think if one says that if you are, you know, in an exercise with a mandate of, you know, contributing to, to nation building, nation building exercise and sustainability uh, may be a, a tough, you know, very tight way to walk. Yeah, very tight. Very tight. Very tight. So you have to be, uh, you have to be able to ac actually do it smartly, where you can, you know, work with government machineries where they are looking to intervene where the areas are required and have grants to do that. So, you know, you work with them as partners and then enable those innovations which can, which are going to build innovations for the nation and so on. To be able to do it in a, uh, in a, you know, purely on a uh, rent and revenue basis, unfortunately, it has converted many of such places into simple profit and loss businesses. Mm -hmm. And that actually takes away the mandate of the organization. The undying philosophy, right? And that is to do social good. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is, you know, you are, if you are there for nation building exercise, 
you you need if you are if you are going to tell that particular thing that no 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 I can't do that business I'll do simple something which is less risky which will give you the revenue I think you would not be end up doing it at CCAM we strongly believe to support risky ideas non obvious ideas and we can't keep doing that if we think okay what is my return from it if it doesn't work what's my return for it so that is something that if i said exactly you know we did have a risk appetite investor we need to have a risky innovation house as well who would not necessarily worry about the other way and that's where the government support should be if i say that the policy level support should be for risky investors i think policy level support should be for innovation hubs as well who are risky in nature who are patient in nature who want to take risk who has philosophical mandate in front of them and then work on that they should be i think they should be specified they should be picked around the nation 5 or 10 which are top notch and they should be supported accordingly because i think you have to have a critical mass at one place to build innovation hubs you cannot be everywhere so that is another aspect that i i could share so you know you you doing a lot of uh, work in nation building and i really love the Uh, the word over nation building you know that's that's a fantastic word to share uh, when you talk about deep science and this word has come a long time how do you describe deep science to somebody who is a layman what would you you know say when you say deep science life sciences the deep science here are you trying to talk it's like tough tech or it's something like revolutionary so much how would you define that yeah, okay. no, absolutely so i think it's kind of a tough tech if i may use the word you know which Uh, lastly which is uh, the the scientific understanding which uh, which actually changes the way the new applications can be built it's something that changes for me the new scientific understanding a new science that has not been used before and makes disruptive change disruptive innovation as an outcome rather than incremental one so i think deep science allows you to you know bypass the incremental nature of the innovation and build disruptive aspects of it and that's the strength of deep science that's why we emphasize on deep science because it has a risk built into it because the more deep or more tough tech you go you do not know whether it will work or not but you have high risk you have high reward and high impact high impact and high return exactly. that's so this is where the philosophy is that we actually want to look at that where we go we'll go more risky we'll go more deep science we will aim to have some of them more you know come through and Uh, completely be a global leader rather than being a lot of them being incremental in right. terms of the outcomes that's right and and you have some you know fantastic companies within your portfolio that are there's a lot of talk there are a lot of superstars of you of course have bugworks yeah. which is uh, one of them you have uh, seep6 uh, which energy which is another one you have co labs co labs sorry co labs so would you like to talk about um, any of them which is really making a change in social impact i think a lot of uh, companies have been very revolutionary like you said in deep science and they have come up with new ways and in a much more simpler way in sense much more effective and cheaper way Correct. coming up with innovation yeah, no, absolutely so i think we have started as i mentioned around 2012 13 14 so we are 7 years in the game and we have 150 innovations but i think to give an example of the ones which are already impacting lives while we have several who has humongous potential to do that i'll just take three different sectors and give you examples because i i, I can go on i i think many of my colleagues all are, all of us are so passionate we can go on but i think i'll just take to one or two examples for each so i'll start with healthcare and you mentioned coyo labs 
Koyo Labs has now a USFDA approved device which actually intervenes and prevents some of the most fatal ICU condition called ventilator associated pneumonia. Now they have a device which is now being sold which prevents the condition which leads to very high number of deaths in ICU. Now think of this to actually come out of right from Bangalore and now being able to be sold internationally that people USFDA approved it, several others geographies are in the process approved it, it, it is being sold in India, it is now installed in many settings in Bangalore and where you start saving life. They have another product which is for you know early stage respiratory system for neonates which are less than 30 days, you know very early stage of their life. And just to interrupt you, this really good innovation because India has huge number of deaths. I mean, what emerging mortality within, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, and uh, any premature baby, right? When you when they are premature, more often than not, largely they have respiratory issue. They cannot breathe as well. And currently, there are uh, products in the market which are fairly expensive because they are, you know, based on uh, you know technologies which have been built long back. So Koyo again has built phenomenal device which brings down the cost of the, the uh, uh, cost of the machine so that it can be now in rural settings okay. where neonatologist finally sends you a kind of a, a note with baby and saying that if we did not have your device we would not have sent save this baby. Okay. Now this is phenomenally gratifying for us at CCAM to be able to enable something like this. Right, huge, right. Huge, right? Yeah. Like you're saying, exponentially, absolutely yeah, spot on. So I think that is something is disruptive where you actually build. You see the need. You do not have an affordable device which can save neonates' life, which can actually move from a neonatal ICU to ambulance, which all that requirements has been taken care of there, and so on. Then we have a company like C Six Energy, which is a product in market which has the ability to improve and increase the, uh, the cooperativity by 50% for farmers compared to any of the current interventions. Again, you look at this, now your crop improvement, the Prime Minister talks about doubling farmers income and here we are already talking about 50% increase in the crop production. If I move from agriculture, if I go to environment, again, you know, deep science has a role to play where one of our companies called StringValve is doing phenomenal work in converting methane gas, which is a global warming gas, which is causing huge issues in terms of environment, to convert that into what one would call it as uh, the uh, you know non uh, so convert into value-added products for including peptides to proteins to non-human food, and they already have product market. People are buying it and can go to agriculture and so on. So you took something which was bad for us and you converted using synthetic biology or microbes to something that could be used by value-added product across. And now so you heard healthcare, agri and environment being actually impacted already by innovations from CKM and we have a few more examples. So we want to keep doing it because I think with more innovations which are local problems and think of it, all three of them are local problems. But do they have global implication? Yes. They are very scalable, so many they can do. Right. So those innovations done at the quality will also be as as impactful even in sophisticated geographies. Yeah. Right? And that is something that India needs to do. 
much more a uh, prominent effect and this is, would you like to do, sort of uh, share your thoughts say this is something very innovative of the late which has come out in the neuroscience field yeah i i think i can just share what i have uh, you know seen also in publications and otherwise i think there are several aspects which has come including publications from india uh, where studies from uh, different groups have indicated that the direct connect between gut microbiota uh and gut per se with the neurodegenerative disease with parkinsons or alzheimers right and uh i think that's very these are very interesting understanding but this is how how we we never thought that what would be the connection between that but people have been able to see this i'm sure more needs to be studied further to understand the more right. uh, you know uh, about the entire system and how it goes but that clearly suggests that many many things many aspects of our body are not do not work in isolation there is somewhere a larger connection that happens yeah, between okay. systems and those systems cannot be seen in isolation but can be seen as a holistic environment mm-hmm. and then can be you know approached to uh, provide the support for that right that that is something the way we i think we uh, uh, we we as we get to know more about our human physiology and understanding of science with it i think that's where our exciting learning is coming from and uh, you know you, you thanks for you know shared a lot of time uh, coming to the last question we talked a lot about you know the your work here what would be that aha moment which you it could be uh, it could be maybe an innovation you you really shared about something which brings back a smile to your face you know something which you when you think about it in recent years I and mean, you would take over the last one year which you're really happy about which we think it's so sure i think i think you know as, as you know for individuals we are somebody who is you know trained in science heavily and now you know taking you know has keenness to build innovations from science i think the impact of science is phenomenally gratifying So if you actually see either of the innovations which actually start impacting lives i think those are the real you know you know moments that you cherish that actually go forward so you know starting from the devices that saves life in icu to neonates to having farmers now ability to have a higher production of uh, the crops and and so on are absolutely you know very very exciting uh and we want to continue to do that where we while we impact lives how we as and then we come back as a uh, you know uh, as nation keep building innovations which have global relevance right and can how can we do that together with many people outside inside and outside india how can we have deep sense innovations which are disruptive in nature impacting lives So I think this connecting three dots are very important thing. Deep science-based innovations impacting lives. 
is is a crucial aspect for CKN. And and when we you know when we finish one innovations which starts impacting lives, that's a big aha moment for us. And then it's not a it, but it's a one lap of you know uh, a marathon of many laps. And we do not want to rest after one lap. We continue our run. I think there are many laps to go, but we want to ensure more and more innovations come. More and more lives are impacted, and nation actually gets to build deep science innovation which have global impact. So I think those are the crucial aspects that we at CCAM look at. Thank you for sharing. And from what I understand, we have already started in that journey, and we are in a way progressively moving towards the positive side. Yeah. And we are becoming a major biotech hub, Indeed. and that's what we are about together. Thank. Thanks a lot. Thank you for sharing for sharing time. You shared a fantastic perspective on what you're doing and how you know the new technologies are changing the lives of people. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, uh, I think it's it's lovely to uh, engage with the middle road and understand their you know efforts to take some of those efforts to the larger uh, community and happy to share our uh, activities and mandate and you know some of the outcomes from CCAM for the larger community. Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Prasad.